to Kicking It, the Northwestern Soccer Podcast here on WNUR Sports. It's episode two. We took last week off. We'll explain why with good reason. I'm Amit Malik, joined here by Austin Miller. We're going to be here a lot, guys, and we're really excited to be back for episode two of Kicking It. Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. The uh, The paychecks rise as the episodes go, right? So I'm getting paid more for this one than I was for the first one, right? Uh, I will not admit to any money transactions. Great. In fact, I have no knowledge of any such transactions Great. on this Well, podcast. my contract says that the more podcasts I do, the more money I make. So. Well, I just hope I'll be here keep, all year. I hope you keep doing more podcasts then, You can Austin. count on me, Amit. You can count on me. Um, Austin, you know, honoring the Kicking It podcast by wearing a soccer jersey. This week's shirt is from Olympique Lyon in France. My parents got it for me when they were in France this summer. And I broke it out today because the Champions League started. I don't believe that Lyon are in the Champions League, but it's a good kit. It looks nice. Hate to see it for Lyon, that is. Yeah. It's um, a good kit, though. My favorite memory of Lyon is when they played Tottenham in a Europa League round of 16 match, and everyone said, it's like a Champions League draw, except it wasn't, and no one cared. Because it was Tottenham. But they won in a 93rd minute winner in the oh, second yeah. leg for Moussa Dembele. Oh, so. cool. Then what did Tottenham do? Uh, then they beat Inter. Oh, and then what they do? And then they lost. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> Who could have seen it coming? Yeah, Who could have yeah, seen yeah. it coming? Jermaine Defoe shame. probably scored a ton of goals. Anyways, hope you've enjoyed our rather pointless banter. We're happy to be back here with Kicking It. Let's get it started, Austin. We have two teams to talk about. Both, well, one team's all right. One team, not so great. Northwestern men's soccer, Northwestern's women's soccer. We'll figure out which one of those teams is which very quickly. Let's start with women's soccer, the OK team. They're 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Certainly not where they were last year, where at this point they were 7-0. and uh, They're coming off two games where they came from behind against Missouri to win 2-1, and then they lost 1-0 to Pepperdine, who was receiving votes on, the only way to say it, a uh, bad mistake by goalkeeper Lauren Clem. Before that, because we didn't record last week, we'll remind you, they had one game, they lost uh, 1-0 to Cincinnati. 2-1. 2-1, pardon 2-1. me. <coughs> they blew a one-goal lead in that one. Austin, let's start big picture. Should Northwestern fans be panicked about this 3-3-1 start? No, because the schedule is significantly harder than the schedule was last year. Uh, I think you would have liked <laughs> to have probably gotten another win somewhere along the line in the non-conference, uh, especially after that Missouri game. I thought that Pepperdine could be a little bit of a springboard for the Wildcats, uh, but it wasn't. It was a tough result against a tough team. So I think they're fine. Um Will they challenge for a Big Ten title? That was always going to be difficult, especially because the Big Ten is going to be significantly stronger this year than it was last year, simply because Penn State and Rutgers will be much more talented because they'll be getting a lot of players back from the Under-20 World Cup. So they're not going to challenge for a Big Ten title, but all of this team's goals are absolutely still in front of them. They can still make the NCAA tournament, and they can still make a run once they get there. So you don't need to be panicked, but I think it is a bit disappointing in the non-conference. I think you would have liked to see another win or two. And I think one of the big themes is that Hannah Davison went down against Long Beach State in the third game of the season. That was a big loss. And in the game she was gone, Northwestern conceded 2-2-2 and then one goal in a win against Missouri. She came back uh, against Pepperdine, and I thought Northwestern's defense looked very, very good. And again, you know, we don't want to harp on it too much, but it's important. Without that goalkeeping mistake from Lauren Clem, this is a 0-0 game. I think Northwestern's defense looked like its usual defense, not allowing high-value shots, mm-hmm. not allowing that many shots. 
So I thought the defense looked great with Hannah Davison back. I think we'll expect them to look more like they did in those first two games of the season. The concern for them is the opposition going forward may be even tougher than the opposition they've played already. Uh, quickly on Lauren Clem, if anybody has earned the right to have a mistake, it's Lauren Clem. She's a fantastic goalkeeper. She's still a fantastic goalkeeper. She always will be a fantastic <laughs> goalkeeper. And one goal against a Pepperdine team in non-conference play should not change your opinion of that. It's a tough result. It's a tough result for the whole team. Uh, it happens. It's fine. Lauren Clem will still be a very, very, very good Big Ten goalkeeper. I agree with you completely, Austin. Lauren Clem will be fine, and we know that Northwestern will always be solid defensively as long as she is around. Um, you know, let's go into these two games just a little bit. Let's first talk about Missouri. Big result for Northwestern. I thought this Missouri game was a big result for them, uh, mainly because they did something that they did not do a lot of last year. Uh, they went behind, and then they came back and still not just got a result, but got a win. Uh, really good goal from Missouri, Jessica Johnson, uh, who really troubled Northwestern all night. Very, very good player on the other side of the ball. Uh, gave Northwestern a tough night, scored early, but Northwestern did really well to respond to that. Uh, Kylie Fisher and Michaela Hampton were very, very good for this Northwestern team in attack. Uh, they won a penalty for the Wildcats that Marissa Vigiano took very calmly and converted to equalize this. And then Michaela Hampton with one of the best goals I've seen a Northwestern women's soccer player come out with to grab the win for the Wildcats where she just kind of weaved her way through the defenders, kept them on their back foot, and then fired a shot that maybe took a deflection, but it doesn't matter because it went in the back of the net, and that's all that mattered. So a 2-1 win for Northwestern. I really felt that this felt like a turning point for me, how well they played and how well they responded to going behind against a pretty solid Missouri team. I agree with you, Austin. Michaela Hampton really impressed me um, in her time. She had been impressing so far. And you think back actually to that uh, Long Beach State game, Loyola Marymount game, she played in the back. Um, and then she obviously naturally an attacker in high school. She had some time to shine there. And she showed us why you know, she's so talented. Um, very good recruiting numbers, something like 60 goals, 50 assists maybe 10 less in each of those, but she looked very good, and, you know, the answer, the question for Northwestern is always going to be who can come up with the goal, who can be dynamic in the attack, and they've struggled with it, and I think all the time that we've been here, I think before I was here, we saw two players who were pretty good, Nikki Sebo and Addie Steiner, who kind of gave you that reliable goal-scoring presence. But they didn't have the back line yeah. to back it up. They yeah. weren't never really able to put yeah. those two together. The thing about Hampton against Missouri that was so impressive to me is... She really manufactured that goal all by herself. Oh, it, was, sure. it was a great ball in, absolutely, it must be said. But she was in a position where she had defenders in front of her, and she kept them on the back foot. She turned the ball a couple of times and then just found the shooting angle and took it and put it in the back of the net. And that's not something you see a lot of Northwestern players do, manufacture a chance from a situation where it doesn't look like there's a clear-cut chance. Yeah, and you know, I think in general for women's college soccer, there's very few teams, very few players that can manufacture chances on their own. A lot of goals at this level are products of a system, of pressing, of set pieces. And to have a player that can you know, play, be a playmaker, win a one-on-one -on -one battle with some dribbling, or pick out a really perfect pass, it's really rare to find that. And I think that's what you know, is the step between Northwestern being a team that you know, makes the second round of the NCAA tournament, the third round here and there, being a team that eventually could make some elite eights, some quarterfinals, in its time under Coach Moynihan. And I think the answer is if these recruits, if these freshmen, the class of 2021 and beyond, if these young attackers can be that talented, Northwestern could be knocking on that door. And I think you and I, Austin, when we first saw this team this season, thought, wow, these, these first years look really, really good. And Michaela Hampton 
has shown us that. Reagan Steinglet has shown us that. Kylie Fisher, Kaylee Stalshman, even in their small times, have all looked really good. So as, as, as far as they look good, still no one has really grabbed the, the team by by the whole by the but just to, with the hold and just said I'm going to be that reliable goal scorer scorer. So we're still searching for that and Brian Lavera still is on this team. But someone they've shown needs to signs. step up. Yeah, they've yeah. shown signs that eventually they could be that and, and maybe this year it'll still be by a, a by committee approach, but who knows. You know, a year, two years from now those players could absolutely develop into something. Uh let's move on to the Pepperdine game. Uh they don't yeah. don't want to dwell on this one too much. Yeah. 1-0 Pepperdine win uh for Northwestern as mentioned, a goal that you don't want to concede, but you did concede, and the Wildcats weren't able to get back equal in this match. But as you said, looked more like themselves defensively for the most part. Didn't concede high. Didn't concede high. Concede. Wow, that word just sounded weird coming out of my mouth. But it's the correct word. Didn't concede high, uh, high opportunity chances, high percentage chances, and for the most part played well and looked kind of like the Northwestern of old in the back. And that is a big, big sign going forward into Big Ten play. I agree with you, Austin. I was on the call solo for this one and. Northwestern looked very good in defense with Hannah Davison back. She did that thing where both center backs can actually play high up the field because when the ball sprays out, you can leave one-on-ones with Hannah Davison and Kayla Sharples against just about anyone, and they're going to win it and keep the ball for you and also recover if they do make a mistake when the ball gets in behind. McKenna and Gotti also looked good. Cassidy Gorman looked good. Northwestern's back line looked up to normal. And just like you said, Austin, high, you know, we talk about expected goals, high opportunity shots. It was very low for Pepperdine. You know, the one goal they scored was not a high opportunity shot. Conversely, though, they didn't. Northwestern didn't create much. Pepperdine's a good team. Yeah, Pepperdine is a very good defensive team. Entering that match, they conceded half a goal a game. In 2016, they conceded .7 goals a game. You read those numbers, you know that's a team that plays very solidly defensively. They made the second round of the NCAA tournament last year. This year, they're receiving votes, and I'm sure they're going to go up a bit. You know, this is a very, very solid team, and... You know, I thought it was a very even game, which shows me that Northwestern has not is not any worse off than they were last year. That's why I'm not panicking. They matched the level of their opponent, and it was a good team. So that's why I think there's no reason to worry. It's just that eventually you need some bounces to go the right way. Sure. You can't keep coming up short in all the big games. Yeah, and I think this is probably the first time that you leave a Northwestern match feeling like the result was unfair. Uh, Long Beach State was a frustrating match, but was a fair result on the run of play. The Wildcats may have been a bit fortunate to claw back a point against Loyola Marymount, but that was a very good result for them. Uh, Cincinnati was frustrating, mainly because of the tactics of the opposing team. But on the run of play, maybe a draw would have been more fair, but Cincinnati also played well, and they were 2-1 winners. Um, whereas this Pepperdine match, I think Northwestern will feel a bit hard done by. Like they, they should have been able to get a result out of this match. I agree. They should have had a point and maybe even... Uh, three points if, if things broke their way. And I thought they dominated offensively in the second half. It's just it was real tough to create an open chance. They had a few. They had a few half chances here and there, but none spectacular. And every so often, you got to turn that half chance into a full chance because you know that you're always going to get those, and sometimes you don't yeah. get those full chances. Yeah, and no team's just going to let you have really good chances. That's part of what makes good teams good is good finishing. And we're being honest, Northwestern hasn't had a good finisher in, in quite some time. Um, I think that, you know, seals it up for the recap. Looking forward, Northwestern's playing number eight Penn State on the road and then receiving votes Ohio State on the road. That's Thursday, Sunday. Two very good teams. One team Northwestern didn't have to see last year. Both these games on national television. Penn State on BTN, Ohio State on ESPNU. Austin, what are your thoughts on from, on, from these two games, which are is going to be really 
a really good barometer for this Northwestern Yeah, team. Uh, the schedule makers did Northwestern zero favors in their opening to the Big Ten. Away to Penn State, probably one of the co-favorites in the conference. Away to a dangerous Ohio State team, and then home to Rutgers, the other co-favorite in the conference. So the first three matches, it is not out of the question that Northwestern comes away with this with a point. And it's not out of the question that that might be a good result for them, because these are three very good teams. Uh, Penn State and Rutgers, as previously mentioned, getting players back who missed last year to train with and then go and play with the United States under-20 women's national team. Very, very good teams. The schedule will ease up after these first three matches for Northwestern. But as you said, this is a good barometer. This is going to tell this team exactly where they're at, especially on the defensive end of the pitch. Questions are going to be asked of them by these teams, and it'll be very interesting to see how Northwestern responds to those questions. <laughs> Yeah, Austin, I'm just going to throw some stats out there to give a little more context about these teams. You know, Penn State, they're 4-2. They're they're 8th in the country. Uh, they're really good at scoring. They score 2.3 goals a game, which is really high. They are a little vulnerable, but that's because they played some very good teams. Their non-con is yeah. ridiculous. West Virginia, yeah. Virginia, yeah, they, they BYU, challenge themselves. Yeah. They challenge so themselves. They, they have conceded 1.3 goals a game, but... That's when you play any, top 10 teams, you will. Yeah, that's not any sign that Northwestern is going to come in and expect to get a goal. Um, you know, other than that, they, they, they're just really solid. Um, Charlotte Williams, first in the Big Ten with five assists so far. That's very impressive. Uh, Marissa Shiva, four, uh, four goals. That's actually really interesting. Uh, Marissa Shiva someone I played youth soccer with. Nice. Anyways, Personal anyway, connection. Anyways, uh, less important. She's Sellersville, very, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Confusion. Yeah, we, uh, her, her brother and I played... Youth wow. soccer together. She actually guest played on her team sometimes with the boys because she was that good. Yeah, 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 That's really fun. But a uh, lot of good players on Penn State. Yeah, a lot Ogle, of good players. Very good. Ellie Jean, dangerous. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, they're chock full of talent. Um, I think your next question for me was probably going to be what's the key for Northwestern to get a result. Uh, I think the Wildcats probably need to get a goal to get a result because I think it's going to be very difficult to not only hold Penn State scoreless for 90, but then even for an extra 20 on the end of it. If Northwestern gets a result from this match, it will probably be a score result. So go get a goal. Penn State, yes, they've played good teams, but they've also conceded goals to those good teams. And you want want an idea of how this game is going to go. You need to look at Northwestern Duke last year in the third round of the NCAA tournament. Similar caliber team, similar speed, similar playing style. That's what it's going to look like. Northwestern defending for the bulk of the match. They might get one or two chances here or there. They can convert on one of those, but they definitely need a goal because there's they couldn't shut out Duke for 90-plus minutes. And they played very, very well yeah. against Duke as they, well. They did not give Duke any good chances. The goal Duke scored was off a deflection. Not much they could do about it. So it's going to be a similar performance. But Northwestern, you know, on national TV, maybe they'll be up to the task. Let's look at Ohio State a bit. They're pretty good. Last year, Northwestern uh, played them to a nil-nil draw. Um, Ohio State's pretty solid, though. Um, Michael Moynihan gave them a lot of praise, as you'll hear later in our interview with him at the end of this podcast. The thing that jumps off to me the most, Austin, is they lead the Big Ten in shots on goal per game and second in the Big Ten in shots per game. 15.9 shots per game and 8.3 shots on goal. They like to shoot a lot. They do, and but that can be deceiving. We saw a Cincinnati team that liked to shoot a lot, but very few of their chances were high quality. They shot basically anytime they got sight of goal, and they didn't trouble Lauren Clem until they did. I would expect that Ohio State might do a bit of the same, and that they'll shoot from any angle, from any distance. Um, yeah, 
it's it's tough for Northwestern when you look at the first three matches in conference and this is the one that strikes you as the most winnable. That is a really, really tough way to start your conference schedule. But you're going to know who you are as a team. I think Northwestern can absolutely go to Columbus and get a result. They got a result against Ohio State last year. There's no reason they can't do that again this year. And I think they can get three points. And if they leave uh, State College and, and Columbus with four points, that is absolutely a great result and keeps them sniffing around the Big Ten table. Yeah. I think expectations for this road trip, I think three points would be good, would be great. Four points would be excellent. Six is, I mean, six, six is, perfect. is perfect, which obviously impo- not impossible, not impossible. Will be difficult. Very, very, very difficult. Slim pickings there. But, but if you leave with four, you'll be very happy. Yeah, three is the goal, I think. Four, very happy. Two, you know, you want more than two, but morale-wise, not to lose either of those games would be okay. Not yeah. the end of the world. Um one, which is realistic, you could lose to Penn State and then tie Ohio State. I think that's you know that's okay. It's yeah. it's not good. And it's, it's 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 because these teams are so good. They are, and it's tough because the back end of the schedule is certainly a lot more favorable to Northwestern. Um, Maryland's not great. Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State, Northwestern. A lot of winnable will, games. We'll have there, a chance you know. in every single one of those matches. Um, but at some point, you'd like to get something that you can put on your resume. You, you can't. You doesn't have that yet. Yeah, you don't want to come out of these next three games three six and one. Yeah, you you can't really afford to do that. It's so, exp- it's it would be an explainable result, but it's yeah. not a result that you want yeah. to have so because then you're playing from behind for the rest of the year. Exactly. I think that about wraps it up for women's soccer. If you're not getting the gist of it, the these two games are very important. They're getting four points. You heard it here first. I love that points. prediction, Austin Miller. We'll check back in next week. Um, let's talk about... If the, they get four points, let's check back in. If they don't, let's not check oh, back in. Oh, let's not check back in. It's good to know. Yeah. We um, got record to preview next week, so... Big stuff. Uh, big Darby in Miami. So, Austin, let's talk about this men's soccer team uh, not having the greatest of years, but really struggling after that overtime win against Valpo. I believe they lost three straight games, four straight games, with that extra one against Ohio State. Uh, they lost to uh, UMKC, they lost to Colgate, they lost to Syracuse, and they lost to Ohio State. All decent teams, uh, especially Syracuse. Syracuse is a really Syracuse good Syracuse is a very good team. Um, Ohio State, not a bad team as well. A rebuilding Ohio State team, but one that has a lot of talent. 18 newcomers. Um, and the Ohio State match for Northwestern was, I don't know, it was tough. Ohio State was the deserved winner. But Northwestern still could have gotten something from this match. Uh, I was particularly impressed with Miha Mishkovich, freshman goalkeeper, got the start against Syracuse, had a rough night goals allowed-wise, but a lot of people have a rough night goals allowed-wise against Syracuse. I uh, kept Northwestern in the match against Ohio State, conceded a worldly in the first five minutes to Ohio State. That got them up 1-0. Not really anything Northwestern could have done about that. You generally will concede shots 35 yards from goal to the opposing left back. If he's going to make it, he's going to make it. Yeah. Uh, after that, Mishkovich made a couple of big saves, especially in the second half, to keep Northwestern in this. Wildcats had one clear-cut chance. Elo Zumba put his effort off the post, and that was really all they were able to create, and they went down 1-0 in the opening Big Ten game for them. I think it's a frustrating loss, and they really didn't create anything else, so it's hard to ask for a point from that game. You never but they could that. have taken it. But they could have taken it. You make that chance, you held them to one, it's there. And when and when you play the style that this That's what I was team exactly likes what to I was do, to say. you have to take those the chances. The margins are so slim. Yeah. The margin, it's, there's no room for error in Tim Lanahan's style. And he knows it because he's trying to get the most out of a rebuilding squad. Yep. They've, they've got some talent in, in this first-year class, but 
It's going to take a while. They're a little bereft of talent. And they have to play the style where they defend, defend, defend. You get one or two chances a game, and you got to take them. And, you know, it keeps them in matches. They were only down to Ohio State and won the whole time after that really ridiculous goal, a really tough chance to take. So you can see what Northwestern's trying to do. I think, you know, not to make too many parallel. Well, not, I shouldn't say not to. I'm go- to make a parallel to women's soccer, there's less room for error because there's more finishing talent, I think, in men's soccer. And I think that the science of it is because they can strike the ball harder. That's real. That's really it. Um, there's less room to play that to play that really defensive game because someone all it takes is a, a set piece here or there or a shot from 25 yards out, and someone's gonna rip it in the net. So it's a very fine line, a tight rope that Tim Lenahan signed walk, but it keeps them in games, and that's that's it's competitive, and that's that's what all you can ask for really from this side. I think coming into this weekend, well, really starting tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, against Wisconsin, you know they could they could steal a result off. Yeah, one of these that's teams. That, Wisconsin is absolutely a result that Northwestern can get. Uh, and last at year. home, at home, I really think they they should be circling this on their calendar. We would love to get three points here. Oh, sorry, on the road. Pardon me. Indiana's at home. Tim Lenahan circled that match before the season. The freshman will be the first years will be there for Wildcat welcome. I think they can get a result, but Indiana's the best team in the country. Yeah, uh, about pardon, pardon my mistake. That's all. It happens. It happens. It happens. Long night. Long night. Uh, 2-1 last year, Wisconsin beat Northwestern in overtime. Northwestern played fairly well in that match. Uh, Wisconsin only one win on the year. Um, it's a game that Northwestern can use to vault themselves back in the middle of the Big Ten table before a difficult stretch in which two of your next three conference games come against Indiana and Maryland. Ah! Yikes! Two scary. of the best teams in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, uh, so yeah, I think a result would be big for Northwestern. It would help morale of the team after four straight winless. Uh, especially going into an Indiana match where it's going to be hard to get something against the Hoosiers. But if there is a team in the bottom half of the Big Ten table that can get something from Indiana and Maryland, it's Northwestern because yeah. of the style that they're going to choose to and play. And last year, Northwestern took Indiana to overtime twice. Got a result in regular Held season. Held them to a 110-minute scoreless draw when Robbie White played, and uh, they took them to overtime in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. They lost in the 91st-minute overtime winner, but... You know, that's impressive. Not too many teams could take a top-five team in the country to overtime twice. No, and I think Northwestern will gain confidence from that. You mentioned that the downside of the style that they play is they don't create a lot of chances, and it means that they need to be to be uh, clinical when they do get those chances. The upside is they keep themselves in match against teams that probably have more talent. And I think it's fair to say that Indiana will have more talent than Northwestern, but it's not fair to say that Northwestern is completely out of that match before it starts. Yeah, some some quick facts about Wisconsin's offense or just their team. They're they're pretty average, really. You look at these stats. The only thing that really stands out is that they're ninth in the country in saves per game, first in the Big Ten, five point five zero. The goalkeeper with most of those, Philip Schilling, makes four points. Yeah, Philip Schilling likes to play forty yards out from goal, real German goalkeeper style. So catch him off his line, I'd be happy. Maybe we're in for a fifty yard chip from uh, Matthias Tomasino. Mm, Don't write it off. Love to see it. Um, not not much else really to write home about this Wisconsin team. Let's look at this Indiana team, Austin. Very, very talented. Best team in the country. Number one ranking. Uh, perennial contender for the College Cup. And the stats are, are pretty impressive, too. Fourth in the country in shutout percentage. They shut out four out of every five games they play. Uh, their goals against average is .19. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
Uh, pretty good. They're eighth in the country in saves percentage, nine one seven. That's very impressive. And then they they do also manage to score, um, so, some goals. They they score some goals. <laughs> and the uh, the one goal that they conceded was in a five one win against San Francisco. So I think you'll be okay conceding that goal. Uh, after they were already 2-0 up. They played Maryland to a 0-0 draw for 110 minutes. Those teams have been very tight atop the Big Ten table. They will continue to be very tight. They play a lot of draws against each other, and that will continue. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be difficult for Northwestern. You always knew that it was going to be difficult, but it's not impossible, and I think that's what Tim Lenahan's bunch will take faith in. Yeah, there's, there's really not much else to say um, about this team. We expect Wednesday to be a winnable result, although it is on the road, and Sunday to be a very difficult test at home, but... If any team can do it, it will be Tim Lenahan's side. Any predictions for you, Austin? Uh, three points for Northwestern. They'll get it against Wisconsin. I think they'll play well against Indiana, but won't get a result. Sounds pretty reasonable to me, Austin. Uh, let's close it out here with a bit of Champions League talk. The Before, Champions! The only thing that comes to mind when you hear the Champions League is that little opera bit. Um, Tuesday was a good day for the Champions League. Although actually, it was a bad day. It was a bad day. Sorry, it was good. It was good to have it back. No, it wasn't. It was bad. None of these matches were good. The football was bad today, Austin. Manchester United, oh, it blew out Basel. Great. PSG scored five on Celtic. Chelsea scored six on. Barca ran Juve on uh, our Carabag. Our boys, FK Carabag. Bounce back, bounce back. Watch out for that return tip to Azerbaijan. It's true, it's true. Um, Don't go into Baku and win. Yeah, let's look a bit tomorrow. There are some tasty fixtures on yeah, the list. Yeah, there are. Uh, including number one for me, number one Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, fan. how you feeling? Uh, not good because Dortmund is good and Tottenham's on Wembley, so yeah. that means they're probably going to lose. Yeah. But uh, this is, the, honestly, you start off with the biggest match of the group at home to the team that you need to beat to finish second in uh if it's do or die time, honestly, it's early in the season. So I'm worried because Tottenham's not clicking exactly. But it's September. Harry Kane's back. It's true. Maybe Harry maybe Kane is now once again one. legally allowed to score goals, which is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, and this it's, it's one, an interesting styles, too. Two yeah. teams that really press high, good attacking players. Yeah, Tottenham, uh, Dortmund, and then uh, Liverpool, Sevilla are the matches good that game. are, are yeah. most intriguing to me. Oh, yeah, are you saying you're you're not excited for Madrid to drop ten on Apple? Uh, I don't know, man. Don't count out the uh, don't count out the the team from Cyprus. Uh, Besiktas also, who I said would make the quarterfinals of the Champions League on a Svad podcast this summer. So uh, gonna get their year started off right. There's actually some very intriguing matches tomorrow. Leipzig, Leipzig Monaco, Monaco is yeah. two very good teams. Um, they play fun style. Both uh, Monaco a little robbed of talent this year after yep. losing some players. Leipzig still has Nabi Keita yeah, for, for a year. year Surprise, year. he's leaving. Yeah, who would have known that was going to Who could have predicted that? <laughs> um, yeah, so as for Spurs against Dortmund, um, I'm a firm believer that Spurs are not good at Wembley. I don't really have any basis for believing this except for the fact that they're not good at Wembley. I think, that I think it's too small of a sample size and it'll even out. I think the problem is it's not Wembley right now. It's that Dortmund is very good. Yeah. Spurs playing in the Europa League. We know they're playing in the Europa League. You everybody, know it. Everybody knows they're going to play in the Europa League. They're not going to beat Dortmund. They might get a point from this, uh, but I think they'll be in trouble. Liverpool-Sevilla, another match that I'm very intrigued by. Uh, a Liverpool chance, doesn't play defense. No, but, but a chance. But they play a lot of offense. But three points here for Liverpool puts them, Put them well on, on their way. Yeah. Uh, with Marabor and Spartak as the other two teams in that group. You Liverpool feel, got a very... They did. Draw. They did. You'd feel very good about yourselves if you start off with three points. Manchester City also in that boat. 
Napoli and Shakhtar are interesting sides, but they start against Feyenoord, uh, the Dutch team, three points for City, and they'll feel like they're well on their way. So a chance for a couple other English teams to start off well. Uh, what's your prediction for Spurs Dortmund, Amit? Uh, I'm going to go Tottenham 2-1. Uh, I'm going to predict them to win because I think they will. Always going to predict them to win. Not on always. I don't, I don't feel good about them when they play some teams. But I think this is this is a, a huge test. And, you know, Tottenham started the season a little slowly, dropped that result at Burnley, lost to Chelsea. Uh, they looked good against Everton. And I think Pochettino wants to make a statement after last year. You know, really an embarrassing performance in the Champions League. And uh, the club expects a lot out of the Champions League because it means a lot to them. It's not something they're in every year. So the goal is to get to that level, but right now they got to make a statement. And, you know, it starts here. It starts here. A big, really big game for Spurs. I, I, you know, maybe they will get a point, but they're going to come out very hyped up for this game. 2-1 Dortmund. <laughs> Reverse results. We'll see next week again yeah. who, who, was, uh, who was right. I think Liverpool will get the better of Sevilla at home. You think so? Yeah, probably. Just because they're at home. 1-1. One, one. Okay. No, 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two, two, two. Okay. Liverpool doesn't defend. Um, who who uh, how many goals does Madrid hang up on Nick, uh, Applewell? I think Ronaldo plays this one. Goes I need to build up my Champions League goal That's total against true. the bad team. Gets That's himself true. a hat trick. Uh, third one is a penalty and he takes his shirt off. Yeah, <laughs> six one, six one. Madrid will score first. Applewell will level it at one for about two minutes. I will probably text you. Don't sleep on Applewell. And then Madrid will score a couple more times before halftime and then run it away with the second half. Six one. Yeah, certainly some intriguing fixtures as we go forward. Austin, anything really to add about Champions League? Do you want to make predictions? or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go on the record again with my predictions. Uh, Carabag are still getting out of this group. Okay. Started off poorly. That's okay. fine. It's tough to go into Baku and win, though. Uh, Atletico Madrid and Roma. Oh, Carabag maybe aren't getting out of this group. But Carabag are getting out of this group. I trust the boys. Um, we don't know what it's like for these big clubs. That's true. To, you got to go back on a cold Tuesday night yeah, to Baku. Can, can you do it? Uh, Carabag might sneak out. I'm sticking by my Besiktas to the quarterfinals pick. Uh, Monaco, Porto, and Leipzig are three decent teams, but there's no giant in that group. Besiktas can get out of it. Uh, British te- English team is not winning the Champions League this year. And, oh, yeah, Spurs are going to the Europa League. Okay, I'll give you my projections group by group really quickly. Uh, Man U and Benfica coming. Actually, yeah, Benfica will come out of it's it. It's a big win for CSKA today, though. Yeah. Started PSG out on three points. PSG and Bayern coming out. Uh, Atletico and Carabag coming out. Chelsea going to crash and burn. Uh, Wait, what? No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Chelsea are absolutely coming out of that group. Wait, they have. They just dropped six on Carabag. Okay, fine. Chelsea and Carabag coming through. Carabag. No, there's no way Simeon. All right, you know what? Carabag's going to win the Europa League. Oh, ooh, ooh, I like it, I like it, I like it. They're going to be talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. round of 16. Yeah, I like it, I like it. <laughs> so I'll say that. I'm in. Yeah, I'll go uh, Barcelona and Juve, Liverpool, Sevilla. Uh, I need some upsets somewhere. There's not upsets in the Champions League. That's the thing you learn. Man City and uh, Napoli, Porto and Monaco, and then... You know, as much as I hate to say it, Dortmund and Madrid. Yeah, Spurs playing the Europa Spurs League. Spurs going to the Europa League again. Uh, Harry Winks will be seeing some European playing time. Love Boy, it. I can't wait. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our little bit of Champions League rundown. Uh, thanks for listening again to episode two of Kicking It, the Northwestern Soccer Podcast. The good news is there's still more to come. We have an interview coming up with Michael Moynihan, Northwestern's head woman soccer coach. He's pretty candid in this one. Have a listen. We think you'll enjoy it. And tune in 
to some games this weekend. Watch Northwestern Women's Soccer if you can on national TV, and watch the men's team, uh, listen to the men's team on Sunday at home against Indiana. I'll be on the car with a call with our good friend Parker Johnson. And again, thanks for listening. Austin, any last thoughts? Go Cats. Go Cats. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for listening to Kicking It Northwestern Soccer Podcast. And here's our interview with Michael Moynihan. Hi, I'm Amit Malik of WNUR Sports here with head coach Michael Moynihan of the Northwestern's women's soccer team. Coach, how are you doing today on this Tuesday? Good. Uh, let's get into it, Coach. Um, you had two home games uh, last weekend, a come-from-behind win against Missouri and a 1-0 defeat to Pepperdine. Let's start with that comeback game against Missouri. Uh, what do you see from your team that allowed them to respond so well? Um, well, you know, we had uh, come off a game out in Long Beach where we, we faced some, some good adversity out there, you know, falling behind, probably rightfully so, given the context of the game. Um, but then things came unhinged when we got the, the dismissal and um, had to play a man down. And uh, I think the players felt like they let the officiating, they let a lot of things get to them too much emotionally and needed to keep their heads a little bit better. And it was nice to see see them grow, I think, from that experience against Missouri falling down. Um, you know, one nothing. we felt that we were doing pretty well within the game. Um, to go down was was hard, and I thought the players showed a lot more composure this time. They they pulled together and um, you know found ways to get back into the game. So it was good. What did you see from Kylie Fisher in that game, the freshman? She earned that penalty kick. I thought she was pretty aggressive the whole time. What was working for her? Yeah, you know she um, uh, she's been a little bit up and down, which I think you may. You know, might expect sometimes from some freshmen as they try to find their way. Um, consistently in training, though, she's got an unbelievable work ethic. She's got uh, a good desire to take people on and make things happen. She's not, you know, one to just play safe. And uh, you know, I think you're starting to see the the benefits of that that training mentality. And when she got into the game, I, I agree. I thought she was impactful. She she was making a lot happen. She's probably one of our better players. At, once she gets her feet on the ball, uh, she can really hold it well and she can combine with other people. She's got some deceptiveness where she can get free from people as well. Um, so she's she's coming to her own and it's, it's nice to see that development. And then what do you see from Michaela Hampton? Her first career start, got a very good goal, her first career goal. Thought she looked very good in that, in that win, was always impressive with the ball at her feet. What do you see from her? Uh, I, th- I think she's got some, some fantastic potential. Um, we've already seen some really good glimpses. Um, again, another one that just, she gets it. You know, she, she has a different type of composure and vision of things that uh, you don't see too often, I guess. And she's been a little bit frustrated with some injuries. She came in to the season probably not where she wanted to be fitness-wise. Uh, I think that probably led into a couple of you know, niggling injuries and um, I thought her, her first real you know, solid contribution for us was out in California against uh, Loyola Marymount. She came in as a right back and did a fantastic job. I thought really gave us a lot. Um, and then when McKenna came back the next game and did really well, uh, we felt, you know, let's, let's try Michaela up front, uh, which is where she's a little bit more familiar with playing. And like you said, over the weekend, we really saw her come into her own against Missouri. She was consistently dangerous, beating her player one-on-one. And she did great, unfortunately. <laughs> she got hurt and didn't play the next game. So uh, hopefully talk. she'll be back soon. Let's talk a bit about that Pepperdine game. A team that was receiving votes, 
you know, all things considered, a very even contest. But to be fair, a goalkeeping mistake from Lauren Clem hurt you guys in this one. You know, let's start with, with Lauren. You know, she obviously has all the credentials as a goalkeeper. Mentally, how do you keep her sharp, you know, for some big contests and the rest of the season? Um, I'm, you know, she's she's got a lot of maturity. She's she's a very grounded person. I know the the uh, result of that game was especially hard on her. She took it really hard and, and personal and you know, everyone's going to make mistakes and uh, she hasn't made a whole lot of them. So, you know, um, I think she's she's due some slack here, you know, with regard to it. And there's plenty of other ways that we should have, you know, gotten ourselves a result uh, regardless of that, of that error. Um, we should be a strong enough team, even against good opposition, that, that we can overcome, you know, any individual errors. And... Uh, I'm calm. I mean, Lauren had a good week of training. She's she's very determined to uh, kind of redeem herself, I guess, a little bit. Not that she has much to redeem. I mean, it's it's one incident, like I said. Um, but I, I'm confident she'll be fine moving forward. Other than that, it was a pretty even game. You did say your side thought you could have maybe had a chance to get a goal, maybe even more than that. You know, how do you feel about your attacking contributions? You didn't score, but a team with a very good defensive record also. You know, what did you see? Yeah. Uh, well, it was great to have Hannah back, and you know, defensively, that gives us a lot more flexibility. Uh, you know, we can move Michelle around a little bit more with that as well. I thought within the game, I mean, when you look at the possession stats, it was pretty even. But in terms of where the meaningful possession was, I thought we we really controlled the match. Uh, speaking with the coach from Pepperdine after the game, he he thought that we were far stronger. Um, and he was very impressed with our side. You know, the the final piece is always the hardest piece. I like that we're getting into the attacking third with some good ideas and some good build-up play. Um, it's, you know, converting that final piece. And what I was disappointed with was just our uh, the efficiency. You know, I thought we, we had some good shooting opportunities and the shots just didn't have much on them and didn't trouble the keeper as much as we should have. Um, but we also need to work on our, our movement in the final third. And there was oftentimes we only had one player in the box, you know, when we had the opportunity to get two or three in there. And we're just, uh, you know, not, not fully in sync there yet. And it's something that we're working on this week. And team-wise, your record is 3-3-1 three, three, and one compared to last year, different year. But every team is different. You've had injuries to Hannah Davison and some, a much stronger schedule as well. You know, what's the team mentality? Two weeks ago you said you guys are staying hungry. Is it more of the same? How do you guys get prepared for Big Ten play? Yeah, I know the girls are really excited to start Big Ten play. It's it's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, I, <laughs> given where we are right now, um, I don't know that going to Penn State and Ohio State is <laughs> the most enviable position, um, you know, Penn State especially starting off with them on the road televised game you know it's it's a lot for our kids but um, I do know that they're extremely hungry to get into it uh, I think they feel pretty confident you know despite maybe the record isn't exactly where we want but I think they look at all the things that led to that record uh, some of the untimely injuries some of the you know we felt we could have gotten results in at least three of those games um, you know, and definitely earned wins. So that would put us in an entirely different place. And I think what, you know, what we're still searching for, we showed a little bit against Missouri, um, the ability to come back from behind that toughness to, to get a result. 
um, that's what last year's team showed, and that's that's a big sign of maturity that this team hasn't hasn't fully formed yet, you know. And and we're still working on it, and time will tell if we figure it out or not. But this this week is a massive week for us in the Big Ten. Let's talk about that upcoming week a little. Not sure there's a harder set of fixtures you could have on the road to Penn State, number five in the country, and Ohio State receiving votes. Let's start with this trip to the Nittany Lions. They won the national title two years ago. I'm sure everyone knows they're they're one of the best teams in college soccer. You know, what's your mentality approaching this game? What's a bit of your game plan heading into a very tough matchup? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things with Penn State, they, I think they were missing four players last year to the U.S. national team for the uh, World Cup. So they were a significantly weakened side last year. Uh, and they were still really good and up to the task of winning the Big Ten. So, uh, you know, it's it's a program with a very rich history. And um, and we know they have a lot of quality, a lot of players that can break us down individually. Um, so going in, we just we know we have to be really organized. We have to stay uh, tight. Um, we can't have lapses, you know, like we've had in, in a couple of the games. We, we've let up two soft goals maybe because we... We feel comfortable where we are in the match, and we seem in control. And then we have a lapse where, you know, um, it's kind of inexplicable right now. So we can't have that. And if we go into it with a, you know, a good organization and a um, clear focus for ninety minutes, I think you know, you can always earn a result. And Pat, uh, Ohio State, you know, not to look too far ahead. Just what do you know about this team? What are you expecting from another good team as well? Yeah, I mean, their their personnel are different from last year because they lost a few players to graduation. I thought they had a very talented, you know, probably one of the most talented teams in the Big Ten last year. Um, and uh, when we played them last year, they played a very expansive game, really spread the field out um, and forced us to run a lot. And uh, I know it's supposed to be actually a, a pretty warm weekend uh, over there in, in Ohio. And again, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I think they just came off of beating uh, Notre Dame, you know, who we are pretty familiar with, and we know that's a good side. So it's going to be tough. Um, we haven't beaten them since I've been here, and that's definitely a goal for for us as a staff, but also our players are very aware of that, and, um, you know, they, they want to earn a result. So we got to take care of business on, on Thursday first, and then, then we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. What's one player, maybe two players, who you're, you're looking forward to to really step up this weekend and perform well for the team in two big games? Um, I mean, we've, I thought we've had really consistent performances from a few people. Um, I think Cassidy Gorman was really good coming up on the, on, on the left side over the last couple of games. And um, Marissa Vigiano in particular in the midfield has really stood out. We had one of the national coaches there that you know, identified her as somebody that was standing out, you know, in a pretty high-level game. Um, Kayla Sharples has been fantastic, you know, defensively. It's, like I said, it's good to have Hannah back, so we need her to step back to her form. But, you know, to, to win these games, I think we need some people in the attacking part of the field. And, uh, you know, to step up, whether they're holding the ball in the attack for us and allowing us to get numbers forward or, you know, contributing the final piece and... We'll see who it is. I, I think there's a couple of names of people that could step up to it, and uh, I look forward to seeing who actually does it. Great. Good luck, Coach, this weekend. Excited to talk to you next week after it, after it happens.